The dead are following. I see shapes of men and of horses, and pale banners like shreds of cloud and spears like winter thickets on a misty night. The dead are following. Podcast of the Rings. That might be the worst line read in the entire movie. <laughs> I had to include it because, like, it's well, it's not that I, I was gonna do the the poem he does outside the mountain when like the camera's just like three sixteen around everybody. It's just like Peter Jackson was just so in his bag right at that moment. He was like, yeah. you know what? This is probably not even gonna make it. So let's make it as crazy as possible. And it is a line from the book, and I'm glad all that extra dead stuff, while there's some cool moments, I'm glad they cut out a lot of the extra uh, Mountain of the Dead stuff because it's very extra. <laughs> I mean, it literally having a five-minute take of Gimli blowing away ghost hands, you don't need it. You know, yeah. like you really don't. It's funny. And him like trying not to break the skulls when he's walking on them is also funny. Um, but you're totally right. This section that we're covering today in particular, well, leading up to Shelob, basically, uh, it's horror. This is horror. And yes. It's in and his like pocket the, for sure. It is in his pocket. And he didn't like, I feel like it was, he was trying to do a little bit of both where he was like, okay, there's going to be so many skulls. You won't even know what to do with yourself, but we'll have Gimli doing his best Scooby-Doo impression while he's walking on top of them or something like that. So. Yeah. And honestly, the the way they exit is really funny too. It's like, well, we survived that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, you get a little bit of horror and then you get a little comic relief. Um, you can understand why the majority of it was cut. Anyway, if you haven't figured it out already after listening to up to seven episodes now of us talking about it, we're covering, we're deep diving really into the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings movie. We're midway through. Today we're covering up from uh, the, the sky beam essentially to Kirith Ungol. Yes, and uh, then the next half, the last, ep- the last of this series is next week, uh, from Kirith Ongol to the end of the movie. Um, so yeah, we see a lot. Basically, we see like the gearing up for war. War is about to happen. The pieces are set. Gandalf has given you every single metaphor on uh, under uh, you know under the sun before yeah. the war is happening. How, do you, you, you're probably watching them disjointed as well as like I am. I'm trying to watch like just where we're doing it. Like, what's that I'm not experience tra- like for you? I'm enjoying it. Uh, it. I was gonna say it was like I was watching it, and I was like, oh, maybe we should cut it. You know, when they introduce Grand, because that's when the disc cuts out. That's when you know oh. if you have it on Blu-ray or DVD or now 4K, that's where the extended edition cuts out. But I was like, no, there's like two and a half hours after this so I, I think we i think we broke it up in just the right way because where this changed, ends like the ahead. whole like the battle has kind of started right i guess it has started because they, they breached the gate in this part um so 
it, it has definitely started, but we still have, you know, the charge of Rohan. All, like, the meat of the battle is still yet to come. There is two hours left from where yes. we're stopping today. Yeah, and there was a world where I was like, hmm, because I'm doing the same thing where I'm just watching pretty much what we've decided, what we're going to discuss. We could have ended with uh, Pippin lighting the beacons. We could have ended the first episode with that. Yeah. But, but there's so, there's, this is just a very long movie. You know, when you're sitting down, and you're watching all of it. It really doesn't feel like that, but it feels a little extra long <laughs> when you're breaking it up this way. It does because these movies are so well edited and so well directed that even for me, uh, they don't feel long when you're watching them. Like right. I watch them every Christmas, and so I will know, be rewatching them. Yeah, and so when you watch them, it's like, oh yeah, we are already at uh, Moria. We're already at you know in Lothlorien. Okay, that makes sense. Right, but. Especially this one, because Two Towers didn't feel like this, but this one does feel long when you break it up into three parts like this. It sure does. So we break off of the film right before they head into Kirith Ungle, which is the tunnel where something is happening. And Sam knows it. And Sam threatens the, the socks off of Gollum. And I'm with you at this point. For however much of a Gollum apologist I've been, Gollum is, is done. We're done with... Feeling bad for Gollum. Yeah. I love, like, no more slinker. No more stinker. No more stinker. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's like you can tell he's kind of struggling with his, like, half British accent he's doing, but it really works in the moment. And I think it's Irish. I always felt like the hobbits were a little Irish. That's fair. Like, That's totally fair. Um, but I just, one. Just kill me, honestly. I'm not doing those stairs. I'm not just sorry, guys. The ring is not Sauron's got Sauron wins. They they they're not even stairs at a certain point. It's yeah. It's like a worse. It's like a ladder, but it's worse because you can like you know grab the rings of a ladder. Yeah, you can't grab the rings of this stair. So you're just like flat palming it. Basically, did you ever see that movie Free Solo? I know exactly what you're talking about, and I, I, I've i never seen it, but it haunts me still. <laughs> Honestly, watch some clips, but I managed to catch it in theaters when it got nominated oh. for Best Documentary. They re-released it, and I'm sad I missed it in IMAX because... That had to be intense, in rate, sure. Like, I saw it, you know, at, you know, the, the AMC Lemley. 8, oh, sure. which wasn't, you know, not a great theater, but it is what it is. <laughs> but if I'd seen it, like, even then... Shots fired, everybody. <laughs> hey, you know what? It is what it is. It's in a mall. It happens. <laughs> Um, but just even in those screens, I was like holding my breath. And it was so funny because in free solo, it's about climbing. You know, what, what free soloing is, is climbing without any gear, no wires, no ropes, nothing. So it is just like a, your fingers and a bag of chalk. That's uh -huh. all you've got. Uh -huh. And this guy climbs half dome. And if anybody listening wants to Google what half dome is, enjoy that view. <laughs> and he is climbing up the face of it and no one's ever done it. People have climbed Half Dome with wires or like, you know, half done it free solo, half with wires. I, and, and, and the filmmakers that are making this film talk about like all their friends that have died free yes, climbing. Too. Literally like, in the middle of a movie, one of his friends dies from free climbing. Wow. Like they don't show it, but like, no, he's, but like, he's hey, like, I got he's the free news. climbing somewhere else. Yeah, I got the news that so-and-so died. And, and, and it's so funny because the end of the movie is him doing it. But, like, like, oh, he's got to get to this part, and it'll do, like, a little color line. I'm like, he's still free climbing that part. Like, it's not like, <laughs> oh, we'll just skip this. Like, luckily, we get to fast forward this easy, e quote-unquote, easy part. Meanwhile, insane. he's, like, it, it was the most insane movie. And I could, and there's, you know, the later part we'll get to where they're, like, sleeping on the edge. 
Right. And I was like, no, I roll off. <laughs> I sleepwalk. I sleep talk. I have sleep paralysis. I've got, I've got everything under the sun when it comes to sleeping. I'm just dying. Like no, hun- a, a giant spider honestly would be relief if I was on flat ground. Uh, yeah, thankfully I don't have a phobia of spiders. So like that section isn't hard. I I didn't know how petrified I was of heights until I was on El Capitan. Actually, ah. so um, Half Dome and El Capitan face each other in Yosemite Valley. Yes, it is. They even give you like one little railing if you want to like look off or nope. Some some people like lay. F- I had to lay flat so that I could look off that way. And it is so disorienting. It's crazy. And so upsetting. So yeah, they are what they're yeah, people doing. People that do you're you're like the people that do that Chicago building with like the glass out thing, never. <laughs> and the fact that it's cracked how many is times? It, has it oh god. Oh yeah. No. I did so before <laughs> this is it's not important, but to me it's it's a funny element of the story. I went to do the space needle at um mm. in vegas so they yeah. have they have like one of those plungers that like throw you up into the air free fall nope. on the actual needle nope. my friends were making me do it nope. they have sideways glass that you can also kind of look sideways over onto nope. like this trip i was crying and we were in a two hour <laughs> two hour line to just do this plunger thing or you know no. shooter and and i was like i looked to my friend i said i haven't even had sex yet i was still a virgin and i didn't want to die a virgin i thought i was going to but it it was truly petrifying but strangely as we were just about to like get set you know we're getting strapped in and we're sitting you know these are the things that people pass out on kind of thing yeah uh i was like i feel fine this is gonna be okay and then this they shoot me up and i'm like i hate this it was like the calm before the storm anyway not yeah, my when favorite I went to, thing. When I went to Kyoto, I went to, like, the first thing I did was, like, oh, my hotel's right by the Kyoto Tower. I'll try that out before I go to, like, the shrines and stuff. I went up there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you can see everything. Oh, that's literally where I'm about to go right now. Whoa. And then I went to, like, the next floor, and I don't know. There's no difference. Like, I walked down the stairs, and, like, suddenly I felt it. It was the tower swaying with the wind because those buildings you have, have to. to sway with the wind. And I was like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I grabbed the elevator. I was like, well, that was nice, but just no, oh never. My. Like, even if I was a gazillionaire, you'd never see me buy, like, you know, one of those penthouses and a skyscraper. Never. Yeah, I could, I, I'll be underground. Thank you so much. That is yeah. so, so funny. I, yeah, nothing freaks me out more than when, like, I'm on a bridge and it sways. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg like just bought land in Hawaii and he's, like building a compound with like a huge underground bunker and it's like one what does he know that yeah, we don't because yeah. there's something yeah. and two also what I would do with if I was a billionaire totally but I don't think I'd buy Hawaii because you know that's their land but I would buy yes. like an island that is like you know what this is uninhabited let me buy it and then I'll make it inhabited and I'll employ people and have a boat like if I was that rich you could do all that we saw this happen though with Ex Machina. This he's recreating it right now. He, really he is, is. I, Oscar Isaac. This is what's happening. So anyway, I will say you telling me this information about Mark Zuckerberg that I previously didn't know kind of makes me want to quit everything and just uh, yeah, go it kind of makes me want to you know like build my own hottie uh, robot that does disco <laughs> dances with me and then plans to murder me. Worth it. A, a, a warrior's death, in my head. opinion. <laughs> I mean, another topic for another day, too, especially not on this podcast, but like 
the the rich people are creating arsenals for themselves. This is a very exciting oh, yeah. time to live. Uh, so yeah, great. It's a great episode of Love, Death, and Robots, and I promise we'll get back to Middle Earth soon. It doesn't matter. Uh, at this where point, like it's robot. Die. It's like either the second or third season. I don't know how many seasons there's been, but. It's all different, you know, story. Have you ever it's seen like it? It's like Black Mirror. No, I, I know about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like Black yeah. Mirror, like all In futuristic. Some anthology. are funny, some are serious. Yeah. But there's one reoccurring one where it's three robots walking around the apocalypse being like, oh, this is humans. This is what they used to do. And on one of them, it's like, oh, this is where the poor people went when they had nowhere to go. And then this is where the rich people went. And it's like... Uh, it's like an oil derrick, basically. You know, like, oh, they turned this into a thing, but they had AI servicing their every move. And, like, the first thing is, like, oh, die, meat bags. <laughs> and then it was, like, this is where the super wrench went. It's, like, all these little bunkers around the world wow. that all, like, oh, like, all the... A-list celebrities will go to site A, right. but all the Mark Zuckerbergs and Elon Musk, they've got their site Z that you've never even heard of. Yeah, they're on the moon. They're going to <laughs> yeah, the exactly. moon. Yeah, exactly. 100%. This is exciting. Let's just talk about Middle Earth and live in fantasy for a little bit longer. Yeah. You see Pippin get sent off to go light the beacon, um, or at least we don't know. We don't know. If, if we're pretending we don't know, uh, Gandalf sends, sets him off on a pre-joining Xanathor's army job. Uh, and then we see Farmir basically lose uh, Osgiliath. We don't see this in the book. Um, I mean, there's a lot in between that. But Is there? Yeah, because... What's like, in we this get... tunnel? Pippin? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Originally loses Osgiliath. This oh, is yeah. where the, the Harvey Weinstein orc is introduced. We are, we're introduced to Harvey Weinstein. Um, they, they storm by the river oh, under cover of fog. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very great sequence. Um, and I don't mean to to pile on Fermi because he was going to lose this battle no matter what. But not the greatest strategist. Like you, you're waiting for them to land instead of fire. Like they're the ones stealthing. You know they're coming. Why are you waiting for the overwhelming force to land, run by you, get acquainted with the land? Get enemies at your back now when you start fighting and then start fighting. Like, I love Faramir. He is an amazing man, an amazing character. But you know what? Maybe Denethor was right. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, Faramir says it later. He's like, I was never really suited for this livery either. You know? No, like, he's a ranger. He's not yeah, a soldier. Yeah, he doesn't want that. He's, he's like a thought police guy. Not the thought police. Thought police. <laughs> that police is 1984. I was gonna say, is this Ray Bradbury? Over no, he's he's a brain. He's a brain. He's a brain. I know he's 1984 is written by George Orwell. We know you typing. know. By the way, I did know you know that. But that's a they're contempt. They're not contemporaries. Well, they are contemporaries, kind of. Same genre. Same world. Yes. I I just for the record, I knew that you knew that. Um. Yeah, also, I mean, just bad strategy on the orcs' part anyway. If like, they're going to, like, secretly come there, don't have torches. Like, that's, like, yeah. the one thing kind of blowing your cover a little bit. Like, yeah. that that was dumb. Um, but Harvey Weinstein is, is such a weird orc, too, because it's actually so good that it's Harvey Weinstein. Because you can see they must have used the mold of Harvey Weinstein's face and just threw there's acid a, on the side, side of it. There's a side by, and we're, like, we're not saying this. Peter Jackson has said this. That there this is, is an not, orc modeled yeah, after Harvey This Weinstein. is not an assumption. This mm -hmm. is a confirmed fact. Yeah. And when you see the side by side, 
it's, it's uncanny. Same. It's the same thing. It's the yeah. same thing. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I'm 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 trying to wonder if there's like a world where they are surprising the orcs as well by letting them enter without thinking thinking that the orcs letting the orcs think they got the jump on them. I think yeah, that that's the like thought. if they had archers behind them or something, but it's just like. And it's fair, they could have underestimated the amount of, you know, they could have just thought, oh, they're just coming by boat and not, you know, we see the them fix, which, <laughs> how is that broken bridge ever stopping anybody when they lay like one plank of wood and the entire army crosses? I thought that was funny. It was very uh, funny. It was like, it was so, like, the scout to the north did you guys no favors to find out where they were coming from. They clearly were going to get sieged under all fronts and it really was. And they were, I, like, not waiting. Think, yeah, I really will give the benefit of the doubt to them, though, in that, uh, yeah, they, they do have the report early in Two Towers, you know, when they're doing the whole map thing. He's like, thousands come more every day. And it's like, you should have taken that a little more serious because I really think, you know, even we'll see later when Denethor sees the full might of this army and he, like, loses his mind. Right. That's literally when he loses his mind right there. Um, I, I think they just underestimated just how big an army Sauron had. That's that's possible. Yeah. And they're tired too. They've been fighting up to Yeah, they've been a- fighting nonstop. They're undermanned. They're under like they're undersupplied. They they probably no one slept because like they're just constantly being catapulted twenty four hours a day. Totally. I mean the fact that any of them had survived up to this point anyway is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um we get Pippin finally sneaking up to the beacon, accidentally dropping some oil, which turns out there's a lot of oil in the town of uh Minas Tirith. <laughs> so I mean the, the, I'm just just saying. And uh he lights the beacon. America and- will be taking over Minas Tirith very soon for that exact reason. <laughs> I should not so I shouldn't have said anything. It was a hidden <laughs> a hidden amount of oil. Good lord. This really is getting real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm re- really trying, bummed guys. out We're right trying. now. <laughs> um I love this this stupid poop eating grin that Pippin has when he lights the fire and then realizes he has to get off of it. It's Yes. And genuinely, genuinely, the lighting of the beacons, although this did not happen in the book like this, um, it's a beautiful scene. It's the Howard Shore earned his paycheck on this alone because it is a bunch of CGI people lighting CGI fires on mountaintops. It should not be this enthralling and hopeful and inspiring and it goes on for a solid 90 seconds. So it's not like some quick sequence. You are going Watching across fire. the country. <laughs> like, and by the way, top 10 worst jobs in Middle Earth is like the one, that snowy peak that you barely see. That's above the clouds. Someone's living there. No, they don't. They can't because they're dead. I'm telling you, they don't live there because what are they killing to eat? I, I, I have the same exact note because, but, but different. No one actually lives out there. <laughs> like I, I, like I think Peter Jackson just like overindulged. Like that, who's living on Mount? Like is that Mount Everest? Like that? <laughs> no, Mount Everest is right above it because there is a higher peak that's in the foreground of the shot. It's crazy, it's, dude. But there's like no even logical way on like two or three of those peaks. There's no logical way a human could get up to there and live there. Yeah, it it bothers me. 
still a beautiful scene, but it fully bothers me. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, even my first time watching it, I was like, man, that would suck to have that job. Like, 100%. It's, it doesn't take away anything from the scene. I love it so much. It's so but good. You, you do two seconds of thinking, and you're like, no. No, yeah. that doesn't work. But then Aragorn sees the beacon and starts running, and it is awesome. It's so awesome, and I love like the the mustering of the Rohirrim, and it's it's a strange. What did you think of the voiceover of Theoden? Like you know, uh, so the the fields of Minas Tirith will we where our doom will be decided. It's kind of the only voiceover besides like a Galadriel or Elrond kind of thing. Well, that's even like a conversation. Like right, maybe. The end, you know, I with think... with Frodo, but he's writing in the book, so it's like narrating the book. Oh, yeah, so... I think I kind of wrote it off as though, like, because this is right after Theoden says, "Then Rohan will answer." Yeah, and everyone's scrambling, and you know, Edoras is being cleared out. Yeah, I wonder why they included it. I kind of took it uh, on faith that like he's talking to Aragorn while. Like everyone's getting mustered and stuff like that. Like, yeah, and we're just seeing it happen. But I don't think I think what makes it strange is we don't see the origin originating conversation that he would be saying those things. Yeah, like and again, I don't mind it. I think it's a great shot about of it? Theoden, like in slow mo, like watching his people. Because the more this time watching it, all these men know they're like basically riding to their deaths right now. Oh, like, sure. But they like, have so you, much more hope based on they, they want a big fight and like they've got their full strength and they'll be gathering even more strength, you know, at um, the the Dima, D- Doug's Dimodome uh, <laughs> of the Dimstone Dimmedale. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Dimsdale Dimmedome. Hug a dome. Hug, <laughs> home of Doug Dimmedome. Doug Dimmedome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just like the the kind of foreboding of all of this and Theoden, I think, I don't think it's not in a way that he wants to die, but just, he knows Aragorn really led the charge at Helm's deep and he has really yet to prove himself as, as a King. And I think those words Saruman said, like you are a, a lesser son of greater sires, like that hit home. That, that really hit home for him. Sure. And so he's like, this is, this is my chance. I think, um, I actually think it's a little different. I feel like his full strength has finally returned, and the Theoden that we know from the book is here now. Yes. Like, I, I just I just feel like we're actually seeing the king finally for the first time in a while. For sure. I don't know if he's feeling like this is hopeless. Um, I, I bet you, again, it's we don't know that... Gondor didn't call for aid. We don't know that. Theoden doesn't know that. But um, I think that makes him feel so hopeful that the men yeah. are asking to, to come together and fight again. Um, I, will, I will say this, too. It makes so much more sense for Mary to pledge his allegiance to Theoden than it does for Pippin to pledge his allegiance to Denethor. Yes. But we really got robbed of the beautiful relationship that Theoden has with Mary. Theoden, off the bat, I mean, anyone that meets the, the the hobbits loves them, but Thaden off the bat loves Mary. And, he does, and we don't really get to see them interact at all until this moment. Yeah, and we're and kind I of robbed of that. Cut. I think I, I don't know where we could have fit it in because sure. there's just like it is go go go, 
Um, but it is like, aren't they like buried together? No, they're buried with Aragorn, but right, they, right, right. They travel uh, for Eomer's funeral, and then they travel to go see Aragorn. I can't, I can't, I can't remember what their travels were, but just like he's he's like officially named like a Knight of Rohan because of of Theoden. Wow, it's a beautiful thing. Oh it's no, a that, what it was, he sees Mary before he dies. And he's so happy to That's see what his face is. one last time on yes. the battle on and Pelinor. And again, fast forwarding a little bit, the way they kind of rewrite things, it works for the movie. But yes, we just kind of, kind of just, kind of just miss um, Theoden taking Mary a little bit more seriously. And, and it's more for our main characters too. It's more for our four hobbits, like, right. and it's more about how these four small little guys had such a huge impact. Like, totally. such a huge impact. I think that's exactly right. And th- and when we did our little, like, character breakdown for each of the Fellowship, we kind of talked about that there, too. It kind of changed my mind of how imp- – it's kind of cool. Both Mary and Pippin are doing the same exact thing on completely opposite ends of the battlefield. And they then, in turn, get to help two people that will then fall in love. They, like, actually changed the, f- the fortune of two very important people, if not more. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, they I mean, almost like are a big part of like uniting the two kingdom of men with Aomer and Faramir and like with how like, yeah, Pippin probably shouldn't have alleged, you know, pledged himself to Denethor. But with how many friends he makes in the kingdom saves Faramir's life literally like, is the only reason Faramir is alive. Only yeah. reason. Um, and it makes sense that you lose Denethor and Theoden because they're the old guard. They allow the new guard to live. It's really... It's poetic. It rhymes. Thank you, it George rhymes. Lewis. <laughs> George Lucas. Um, <laughs> and George Lewis. Thank you. Well. <laughs> who's George Lewis? I don't know, but we're thanking him we today. We did get an answer to who Steve Jackson is, and I can appreciate that. Um, have you seen the posters for Percy Jackson, the new Percy Jackson? I haven't. Okay. So the posters I saw a couple times in like bus stops, right? In LA, especially in bus stops, you just see the movie poster right there in the covered awning or whatever right so it's like right next to you and all i saw the first time i saw it was a face that looked like mary's and then the word jackson so i thought is this like a special 20th edition peter jackson lord of the rings thing coming out because because percy jackson looks like mary a little bit and it says okay so it kind of fooled me made me do a double take kind of looked like a little bit of a hobbit that's all gotcha. uh now that you see if you see it you you'll understand what i what the problem i was having um so then the dwarves uh, not the dwarves but gimli is like behind uh on the horse with legolas as they're getting to ride to camp and he's like we need dw- filthy dwarves he loves being filthy he's talking about the ladies in mud and then being yeah filthy. Uh, and then they lose Osgiliath because the Nazgul come. It's over. It's just over, I, dude. I, it is definitely over. I do want to go back just for a second oh, where yeah, I love, I wish it It was like 10 seconds. They should have kept this because like Legolas says, I feel uh, I wouldn't worry about your people. I fear that war will come to their doorstep. And it's true. Yes. The, the, the mountain, the blue mountain dwarves fight Erebor fights with um, Lori, uh, Lorien. Right. Oh no, not Lorien. Mirkwood. Um, and so I wish they would have kept that just because like dwarves are kind of the only race we don't see amass an army in these movies. And so this one kind of, it's a throwaway line, but it would have been like, oh, that's why 
Gimli's the only dwarf we basically see this whole time when, you know, in the books, we only see armies of men, but, you know, we got Haldir's army at Helm's Deep, and now right, right. are the, all in, like, like, where are the dwarves? Like, there's really no explanation, so I wish it's a simple line that wouldn't have been much, and I wish we would have kept it, but yes. Oh, we, did you lose that in the theatrical cut? Yeah, I don't think that's in the theatrical cut. I do think it's necessary, though, because you need to acknowledge that everyone's kind of fighting a battle, you know? Yes. Um, we, to be fair, we don't see the dwarves go to battle in the move, in the book, but every the death is at the doorstep of everybody. Um, it just does feel like the Minas Morgul thing is the only thing happening. Not Minas Morgul, um, Minas Tirith. It just feels yes. like that's the only thing happening. Yeah, because it's... The, the the two uh, neighbors that hate each other fighting. Oh, mommy and daddy are are mad. Uh, so we see Mary. <laughs> all, all of them are like riding off. Mary's on his little pony with no helmet. It's very funny. He's like yes. trotting along. Uh, they lot they lose off Gilead. Honest, uh, and I genuinely can't believe anybody survived. This was a hor- a horrible battle because you see the kind of like ravaging that. The question, are the orcs that are in the fog the same orcs that left left um, the Skybeam place? Yes. They are. Maybe. They, I think because those orcs are probably already them. there. Because the king is with them. Yeah. So I, I think, like, you know, there was definitely, like, a force of orcs already at Osgiliath, but, like... Right. The full force of the army is now there, and they're not. There's no put it in reverse, Terry. It is all <laughs> D for drive. Got it. I got it. So yeah, the Nazgul, the king, the witch king is there. We get out another Wilhelm scream. Speaking of uh, George Lucas, um, throwing one of the humans. I feel like I saw the same guy die a couple times. You know, I understand. I don't yeah, feel it's bad. Fine. It's fine. And then. An amazing visual scene of the White Rider, a.k.a. Gandalf, running out on the field from Minas Tirith to Osgiliath to save the retreating men and use his staff to blind the Nusgul while they're on the field. And then Shadowfax and Gandalf meet up with the riding the riders of Gondor. Yeah, it's pretty great. And it's also... Never have we seen the Nazgul like this, where like there's two shots where one is like the riders riding towards the screen and the Nazgul like basically like it's almost like a 3D shot where like it snaps at the camera as it Mm -hmm. goes by. And then it's one from behind the riders and you almost hear like the bowling pin sound effect when it just comes (laughs) in and just like hits like four or five horses. (laughs) Oh, God. And it's like. We saw, you know, in Two Towers, like, Nazgul, like, flying around and being scary. But now they're being violent. Now they are just straight up murdering people. And we'll see more of that at Minas Tirith. But it's just like, oh. Because I remember even saying, and I think I said it when we was like, I prefer the Nazgul on the horses. I feel like they're scarier. I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong by a mile. When you can see the kind of destruction they do. Yes. They are scary to four hobbits. They are scary to one ranger. These are more scary to a war. Yeah, these are these are war machines now. These are like literal tools of destruction that obviously horses could never do. They can't see they can't see the hobbits, but they can certainly kill a bunch of men. It's it's wild. I don't know. It is wild. Uh, Let's see. 
we see the scene where um, Gandalf says, "We foreseen and done nothing. You know, it's great. Um, I love how he's like, <laughs> it's such a good reveal because like he has a decently long conversation with, with Faramir and that guy is like foreseen and... And then, like, as soon as they first seen it done, nothing. And he whips around, and there's Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Why did Pippin go on the horse, by the way? Why did Pippin ride out with him? He should not I, have. I don't care. It, like, <laughs> again, I feel like people that, you know, maybe this is their first time listening to the show, like, we're really not nitpicking. It's just after you've seen a movie 500 times and you're watching it to take notes, I'm just like, it's just like a funny moment where he's just like, he whips around it for a scene and done nothing and basically like, whips Pippin out. And he's like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> it's it's amazing yeah i think i think pippin's only on the horse for that that for reveal. that moment yes yeah which and i just love it and then like even pippin is just like so he's staring at him so hard pippin's like oh what the what he like the turns heck? away like Stop a blushing looking. bride it's he so un- well because to begin with even the angle at which uh pippin has to look at at faramir is is weird. It makes it look like he's cross-eyed, and then Faramir is looking at him so hard. It's so awkward. hard. It's so awkward. This is not the first time you've seen a halfling. Anyway, Denethor is the worst, and finds out about the ring. Absolutely the worst. I do love that. You know, we get the the one conversation with Gandalf. Like, what does your heart tell you? And like, it, imagine yes. you haven't heard in nine months or so any news. <sighs> Right. Of like, of like, so this is two days ago, they saw Frodo and Sam alive. And like, so it's big, it's, it's big news. It's it huge. Is huge. News. Like, I feel like we're all like, well, yeah, they're alive. But imagine, you know, they don't know that. They sent off two, two, three foot hobbits <laughs> into the wilderness to go into the most fortified, dangerous like location on earth. And you find out they're still alive. Awesome. And, Faramir in the movie takes them to Osgiliath and ruins their whole trip and then sends them away. Right. Oh it's awful. Gosh. No, yeah. And, and Faramir was almost one of the things that got them killed. It's insane. Um, this is this scene birds one of the best uh, memes of all time, which is uh, your brother Boromir would have brought me the ring. Like, have you seen any of these where it's like, Bo- uh, Boromir would have found a prettier wife or something oh, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Amaz- it's amazing. Um, but Faramir is so right. It would have broken him and he would not have recognized your son. It's 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 very hard to watch the relationship between Faramir and Denethor. It's very sad. It is the absolute worst. And that's why never more did we need the scene. Yeah, like, yes. Like the... the Denethor, like you get enough of it in Return of the King, but I will die on the hill that the Osgiliath scene from Two Towers should have never been cut and is literally mandatory and needed for the Two Towers. Um, it's not bonus content. It was supposed to be in the movie. Um, but yeah, just he is wizard's pupil, like just the absolute worst and, and 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 he's doing a thing where it's like a dramatic it's like, like a dramatic two-year-old who throws a tantrum like fall like casts himself onto the floor because he's so upset and then sees the ghost of boromir behind faramir and it is <laughs> real sad it's real sad <laughs> Is not my son and faramir for a second thinks he's talking about him finally seeing him it's it's bad um, 
so they this is where they get to the part of Frodo and Sam and Gollum get to the like literal ladder of Kirith Ungol before they get to inside the tunnel and yes. um Frodo I I know this is real this is one of my pet peeves in life when you're climbing when you're on a precarious bridge when you're like walking behind somebody or you're leading some someone stumbles yep. and then someone says be careful it's too late they already stumbled yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's one of my weirdest pet peeves it's i feel like it's a compulsory thing we say because the reason i bring this up is because um Gollum says this to frodo as he literally almost becomes a pancake and falls off of the stair um, I just think it's so silly. Like at a certain point, like you should have said careful before. I don't know. It just does no good in the moment, but it's coming from a place of like fear of what could have happened. Yeah. I have no answer. That's just how I feel about it. Anyway, um, Gollum helps Frodo up, but actually he's going for the ring and Sam sees it and should have killed Gollum again. Yep. Should have killed it. him. Yep. Had every reason to not and didn't. Um but amazing gaslighting by Golem here, though. I, I, I don't understand how his social I You know what it is? It's because he's a narcissist. His social IQ is so high. He knows exactly how to make someone go, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm doing that. And like completely. Uh, and then him like, oh, uh, he wants the ring. He'll, he'll, he'll ask for it. Awful. Like just. How does like plain- also to know to say that. Like this is straight something straight out of like you or I never watched that show, but I've seen clips of it where um, he's just like gaslighting people and just like he does not. Yeah, I think that's actually a bad example because I don't know if he gaslights people so much. Well, he does, but it's all out of love. He loves people. Oh, he lo- God. It's all- I are know. You, are, are I, I'm you... one of those. <laughs> oh no. No, I, he's beyond redemption. The, all the Gollum apology makes sense now, everybody. <laughs> He's beyond, after this most recent season, and maybe the one before, he's pretty much beyond redemption. But for a while, it's like, oh, I can kind of see some of his motivation. Uh, Gollum's gone. Uh, you know, Smeagol's gone, I should say. Yeah. Um, and he does. He's like, he'll try to take the ring. You watch the fat one. It's like, and you know that if Sam does, it's only to offer help to Frodo, but Frodo can't see it. Yeah. I, I can't. Frodo also looks awful at this point oh my gosh the makeup department it like let alone every you know we'll we'll see it uh, with this next osgiliath charge but every single orc looks so unique yeah and yes. different and horrifying but then like the the simple stuff of like frodo just slowly withering before our eyes is so good too yeah he he right at the beginning of this movie he sort of looks okay and now he just doesn't have it in him which is it's hard to watch. And that's what's been interesting about watching it in a disjointed way, too, to see that happen as well. Because um, now it feels like we're just watching a movie and we have a sick lead character. It's kind of wild. Um, we see courage is the best defense you have now. Is that who says that? It's it's Gandalf. And this is where like the timing of this is weird is because they get back. And in this moment, you can, like, hear the army marching towards, like, this is right after, 
you see uh, Harvey Weinstein talk to the Witch King, uh, very uh, chilling, and he's like, send forth all legions, I'll break the wizard. Like, yes. terrifying. Yes. And so you you think all the armies are marching across Pelennor, but then the whole Pelennor charge, and that's when, it, like, you know, you see he goes onto the wall with the, the soldiers. He's like, what of Rohan? He's like, courage is your best defense now. Because you think they can, like, see the army amassing or, like, starting to walk towards them. But then the whole Pelennor charge hasn't happened yet, and Pelennor's empty. So I don't know. Like, when I watched it, it, like, kind of made sense. But still, like, the timing and editing of this always confused me. Because, like, I thought you could, like, hear the army marching. And maybe I was just, sure. like, imagining it. And I even took the note. I was like, oh, wow, this is such great visual thing where, like, they can see it, but you can't. Like, the reveal of the army is a really good buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the whole Pelennor charge happens, like... After this, and Denethor is eating the longest meal of his life because, like, he sends Faramir off. The entire, you know, I'd say, like, 200-person cavalry gets armored up, horsed up, and then he's, like, still eating his meal with the tomatoes and everything while Pippin sings for him. It's like, man, he is picking out. Like, I respect <laughs> it. We've all been there. Like, but he's at, like, hometown buffet just like, oh, get another plate. I went to hometown buffet for my 18th – no, my 16th birthday. Wasn't that pretty great? Doesn't that sound wonderful? Oh, I mean, when Groupon, I think Groupon still exists, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. my roommate was was on it pretty actively, and we used to get good hometown, like basically oh. buy one, get one free for hometown Ooh. buffet. So it was like 20 bucks for both of us. The one in Burbank is a mess, but still decent food for it 20 still bucks. Has a, a, a minus. Yeah. <laughs> eh, B, like a, a B. Sure. Uh, but, um, it was it, worth 20 bucks for sure, but I think they stopped doing it because they were probably losing too much money. But just like, can't I'm beat just, that. Can't beat that. I'm just saying a 16-year-old doing her birthday party there. Not the best. Like a little, a little depressing, but nah. we did it. Um, <laughs> at least they celebrated it, I suppose. That's why my parents were like also in the middle of getting a divorce. So it was a, a lot of things going on at once. Um, yes, I, I think actually, so this the sequence where... Pippin swears in, you know, Faramir says, you're wearing my uniform, which is just such a sweet thing. Yeah, was he actually slaying dragons or was he just saying, he's like, oh, too busy slaying dragons. I was like, really? I don't think so, because dragons, the the last dragon that had been slain was Smaug. I thought so too, but he says it, so. Maybe he's just like, maybe he's also a little insane. (laughs) It's, I mean, I feel like you have to be with that kind of dad. To live in this world. I I feel like he sort of meant like, maybe in a fantasy. I don't know, actually. I actually don't know what he meant. Uh, But I have it down as Ah Pippin. He did something that was like a minus one ding. But what was it? Oh, where he says you have a, a different kind of strength. Dude. That is the sweetest. He loses the ding. He's like back at nine. It's like the or first something. time anyone's told Faramir that. Because for men in this world, there really is like either you're really smart and you're like a scholar or you're a warrior. And even scholars like are like, you know, looked down upon. Like, because there really is only one kind of strength in a world like this. Yeah. And so having someone say that to, to him is a big deal. It's a beautiful thing. And, and I don't know that Faramir can hear it because he's still so brokenhearted. By his father, and his father, after Pippin swears allegiance, kisses his dirty ring. Yes. Um, literally, the next plan in the, is Denethor sending off Faramir to his death to go back to Osgiliath. Literally oh, yeah, that, to his death. It's like one thing for you know you wish our 
places would have been changed. And he says, yes, oh. like stabbed to the heart. And then on his way back, he's like, if I should return, look different on me, father. He's like, that would, that depends on the manner of your return. Like, <gasps> well, good Lord, dude. Like just insane. nothing given here. Is Absolutely it, is, nothing. Is it that Faramir reminds Denethor of his wife? Is that what it is? I think that's what we were saying. Yeah. Um, so your point is that the meal is the longest meal. I actually think it illustrates something different. I think it illustrates how quickly all those men died. He just basically sent them to the slaughter. I don't think he's like eaten forever. I think like from the time he sits down to eat <laughs> and finishes his tomato, uh, they're dead. Yeah. And like this scene, it like just speaks for itself uh, with Billy Boyd singing Right. Um, the slow charge, the slow reveal of like, oh, there's one orc. Oh, there's five. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a hundred. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a thousand. And like just seeing all of them in silence launch the air, like the whole charge is in silence. And then you just hear all the arrows fire. And it's one static shot. And you see at least 500 arrows go out. And you're just like, they only need to fire one volley because no one's surviving that. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's too. They don't gross. even like. They don't show anyone get hit. There's no fight. There's no battle. Everyone's just dead. I I think you're Pippin. If you're Pippin, you're like, who did I just swear fealty to? <laughs> yeah. Like you're an idiot, Pippin. Like yep. this man is insane. A- a- anyway, I and the other note I had here is that Faramir is the tomato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like a great like visual thing of like just like the tomato juice representing blood as it runs down his chin. It's, it's disgusting. Like, so disgusting. It's the worst. So uh, we get to the scene where Gollum is throwing the Lembus off of the cliff. Um, the army is still marching beneath them too. It, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, like you can see it still moving down there. It's crazy. That's so. That's how, I guess that's to illustrate how many. Yeah, how are. big that wow. army is. I didn't even catch that. Um, I was gonna say because you know he waits for Sam to go to sleep and then he wakes up. Colin is looking less and less like CGI as this movie is going on too. Like something about I guess probably the darkness. Yeah, uh, something with really the lighting, working. like it just makes it look so good. Still, it's it holds so up good. so well. And then we get him, you know, gaslighting Sam again and going, "I wasn't thinking. What, what were you doing, sneaking?" It's too good. So good. Yeah, and then I Sam almost kills him again and should have. Should have. And then flip, Sam, flip. I will say, Sam pins him up against the wall and like one, two, one, two, 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 two. He, like is- he gets blood out of his nose. He does. He he pieces him up quick. Like, I've been watching way too much anime now, and I'm just, like, wondering, like, I need a Lord of the Rings anime just for this scene, because it would just be so good. That could be a really interesting adaptation, actually. Oh, yeah. I'd be interested to see what that would turn into. Anyway, Sam gets kicked out of the crew. You're out of the herd. <laughs> he gets he gets cast off on an iceberg, never to be heard of again. Poor Sam. and He just can't even fight it. He's just crying honestly this is where it's not like it's such a good moment i'm not criticizing the moment but i do think because this isn't what happens in the book in the book they just get separated in the tunnels because the tunnels are like a labyrinth um sam would never leave he wouldn't have i I totally like this sam would like he would have sat there and followed behind or like like, i'm not leaving i'm not leaving you with him no so like i understand that like after so we've seen so many times 
just on camera of how many times Frodo has berated him, put him down, agreed with Gollum, all these things. So I do understand that that could wear on a person, but and he could have sat there crying for a while. But there's no way Sam is walking down those stairs to like leave Frodo. Totally, I I completely agree. It it only works for him to see the Lembus later. It and to can to turn back around and and save Frodo. It doesn't work though. You've not set us up to have this version of Sam. I don't care how sad you are. You don't leave. You just don't leave. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, this happens before the death march, but that happens. Uh, sad song. And then we come back to the uh, to Rohan, where Théoden and Aragorn are riding through the camps and counting how many men they were able to muster. Yes. And we get, again, another great meme, less than half of what I've hoped for. And then he says, well, two guys just showed up or whatever. Is it? And it's like more than half of what than, than what I hope for. You not seen that? No. You not see that? It lives rent free in my head. Clearly not g- well because I can't remember the actual wording. Um, yeah, I think that thing is paying a little bit of rent because you can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it pays a little bit of rent. A little bit, you folks. Know, like utilities, chips in for cable. <laughs> really wish it did please tag us in that in that meme uh if you can find it it's yeah great. i'm really curious but again another like they have to wa- like ride their horses up like this winding cliffside and it's like stop stop with yes. the heights it's yes. crazy i understand strategically why they're there but still like but like they even did they went they rode through the camps and then like they didn't and aragorn just do that to go look uh, overlook the entire camp it's it's kind of weird it's silly. no their camp is up there oh because remember like I that's understand. where you see elrond uh riding the horse later of the of the cliff oh i didn't even clock that okay i was trying to figure out where they were because it looked like the camps were below that but no. yeah like all the 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 armies below them but like you know the king and his no, court that's what i'm is, saying yeah, it's, yeah. Ki- it's kind of crazy but it does make sense strategically to, to separate them but in some way um yeah, that is crazy. No, no, you have. I will say this too. It's been interesting. It's an interesting moment because for some reason Aragorn's losing some faith, and I think it's just because not all the men are coming. And I, I wonder if it's also an element of movie Aragorn, who's like, how am I supposed to lead these men if I can't even get them to come to exactly? Rohan? Like he, he can't muster an army. He wants to help. Uh, Gondor, he wants to leave now, but not enough men have come. So it's like, it's a tough time for everybody. I think that's right. Uh, And then you see the horses that are restless outside of the Path of the Dead or whatever that's called. And Carl Urban, everyone's like trying to say, they they, like trying to say these like beautiful poetic things. And Carl Urban just goes, that's evil. (laughs) Like, yeah, he just calls it like, the mountain is evil. (laughs) It's just evil. Um, And then even further, this is a little ding against Air, uh, Aomer. We see Mary and uh, Eowyn kind of like talking to each other about like the impending battle. And he's like, he realizes his, his, his sword isn't that sharp. And she gives him a helmet, which I was actually really happy to satisfy. Like we don't see him with a helmet. And then she gives him a helmet. He needed one too. Yes. And then Aomer gives Eowyn like a talking to basically saying like, this is no place for a hobbit when he's really saying this is no place for you, Eowyn. And yeah. I, and it, it, I didn't realize this until now, but Eowyn, Eowyn thinks a lot about the Roman Empire. Yeah. 
But I don't. This is not a bad thing that Aomer says. Because he's so? not he's not fully wrong. Sure. Eowyn is like the exception, not to the rule, but to most people, if they went into the Battle of Pelennor Fields, they would freeze up and die. Because that is the, the most horrendous thing that's ever happened. I understand that. But he doesn't know what Eowyn's capable of. This is also the 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 likelihood of the the rule of men ending. Like, does he not know what his sister's capable of? I don't think he does. Gotcha. I don't know if anybody really does. Okay. That's fair. I think that's kind of the whole point is that we don't, like, we've seen her swing a sword around the Rohan halls, but, like, <laughs> sure. you, like, ha- someone having skill with a blade, it's like, I wouldn't put the Olympic sharpshooters in war. Like, <laughs> sure. Like, the I people that ski that. for 25 miles with a rifle on their back and can hit the bullseye. I'm not putting them on the front lines. Like, <laughs> right. That is a little bit different. I got it. That makes sense. He's also trying to protect his sister. That's the thing. Like he's, he's saying it from a place of love. And I do love like Carl Urban's acting is so good where he's like, he's so good in this. as soon as he hears, why can't he fight for the ones he loves? He clocks it. Yes. He like, there's, he's, he's talking about Mary because gambling's right there. And I think like if Eowyn talked about going to battle it'd be like a real big you know shame thing like society or whatever be like societal thing um so like he's doing that to protect her and then he's like you do not like none of us want to be here yes but we've all experienced battle you've never experienced battle and this is not the one you want your first time to be like this is not yes like this like i don't know i don't know a, a good battle but like this is not it's very much not a winnable battle on paper. I think that's fair. And it's it's kind of it's kind of remind what you're saying is kind of reminding me of if you're a boxer, uh I think Mike Tyson said this or Muhammad Ali, like one of these great guys said, uh you you can train all you want, but it depends on whether you can take a hit or not. Yeah, the the quote the quote I think it's from Mike Tyson, it's like everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And then can you hit can you take that hit or can you not? Genuinely, because yeah. uh, men do have a glass jaw and doesn't mean you're a weak person. It just means when you get hit in the jaw, you go down. And the boxers that are out there doing that, they don't. And now it's granted, crazy that some people can just like biologically take a punch. It, it's frightening. To that's me. what I'm saying. It's a biological thing, which is still even different from what we're talking about here. But to some extent, if you're it's the same in, se- in the sense that like. And she has not been punched in the face yet. She doesn't know if she can do this. Yes. And she, we, he does, he assumes she will freeze up because that is what happens to people. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Um, maybe I'm, maybe he's not so much alpha then. I, I'll take it he's, back. He, no, there's, there is nothing toxic about what Aomer is saying here. I understand that. I, I will, I will defend this because Aowen is just her. She's just that <laughs> she's just that B. Like she like she's just her. Yeah. She's got it like that. And you know what? Sometimes you don't know when people got it like that till they show you they got it like that. Like, That's exactly right. That's fair. She got it like that. She's Eowyn is built different. Effing different. Like <laughs> she is built different. I and I and it's just, it's the same thing like that people have been saying about the hobbits. It's like not everybody is Mary Pippin, Sam and Frodo. You take a you take the Saxville Bagginses on this journey, they're folding like an origami. Oh, totally. So like it's 
everyone is their own person. So I, I don't think there's any toxicity uh, in this statement from Aomer and this like kind of pep talk here. Cause like there never does he like, Oh, a when you shouldn't be here. He's just like, no. So maybe he does know, maybe he does know or like, I don't know if he knows her skill in battle, but he knows she wants to come. And he so knows, when he, he sees she wants her, to come. when he sees her, it's just pain because it's yeah. his worst nightmare come true. And, you know, I don't know if this is fast forwarding a little bit, but Theoden literally tells Eowyn, like, go be the king in Edoras. Hold it. Hold down the fort as long as possible. He's not faithless in her either. No. And like he even he even says you know in two towers like he should I should have loved her like a daughter and not treated her like you know some niece or something like that. I think she knew how he felt, but still like he they value her. Um, and sometimes when you're headstrong or you have something to prove, kind of like Eowyn does too, your your judgment is off. So I can see a lot of people trying to counsel her out of what yeah. she's what where her head is at and it's like we can talk about that scene now just like what a what a tough thing like this is where i think you know aragorn leaves um oh, well, we can go in order and we can talk about it later yeah that's no that's fine there's just there's a lot to talk about yeah. um so we get aragorn basically going to kill a messenger after dreaming that arwen is dying um and theoden looks go ahead Imagine you're waking up the most fearsome warrior, and he wakes up like John Rambo with the biggest knife, and he's like, um, never mind, bye. <laughs> exactly. It's wild. It's wild. Like, also, why is that your reaction to seeing Arwen dead? Like, it's just a very funny reaction, or dying. Um, and Theoden looks so hurt when he passes off. Uh, he does. But did you see, like, did you take a look at this tent? There is a floor of pure animal skins, like just just furs. So you're saying like, you made love to Elrond before you let? I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna, this is the room to do it in. Like tents usually don't have floors, at least like not these old time tents. Like, well, not so, a wartime tent either. Not a war. Right? Like, like you so don't. So someone up a whole... had to lug a stitch together, or many different furs and lay them down so the king's feet would not touch bare dirt. Whoa. Like Whoa. talk about having it like that. <laughs> he definitely does. But I was curious if you think I have a theory as to why Theoden looks so sad when he lets Aragorn talk to Elrond, but what do you have a thought? Um I don't. What's yours? I, I feel like he knows he's about to tell Air, he talks. I think Elrond tells Theoden about Arwen, and I think Theoden's sad because he blessed the love between Eowyn and Aragorn. So I, it feels like he's like, I thought you loved my niece. It just felt weird like I think that. I I could see that, and then I also think that uh, he told them that he's got to take a different path, and he's not going to be riding to war with them. Oh, okay, okay. I forgot. Because like that. when he says like, oh, oh, Aragorn, why is Aragorn leaving? He's like, he leaves because he must. So I think I think I I like yours too. I no, like, I, I think like it's that because actually I forgot. I actually write that down later. It's like kind of crazy that Aragorn just leaves and really demoralizes the Rohan yes. troops. It's it's actually kind of awkward because like there's one thing the people in the book know why he's going and it's very shortly after 
Aragorn looks in the Palantir where he sees the Corsairs of Umbar. Yes. We need to have Elrond come and he also and leaves with a force of rangers. Ah, that's correct. Like, that I, I, don't, correct. I know there's not that many, but, like, a force of Aragorns or, you know, Aragorn... One A's. I'd be very confident. Be like, you know what? They're, they they were leaving for a reason. Not like, oh great, our three strongest warriors just left with no explanation because they have no faith in us. And yeah, and Theoden doesn't even tell them all that much too. But I forgot that Theoden obviously knew. That makes sense. Um, Elrond is really buries the lead here. He really makes Aragorn feel bad. Like Arwen's dying. She's going to die if the ring doesn't, you know, get destroyed. But here's the sword. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to give somebody. I'm sorry. If if my daughter had just forsaken her immortal life, I wouldn't go easy on the guy either. <laughs> that's fair. That's like, a, that's like a Aragorn showing up to prom and uh, uh, Elrond's on the porch, uh, you know, reloading a, a shotgun. shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I have down here that he's basically like Denethor, like, go get yourself killed. But, you know, here's the sword. There you go. Exactly. It's crazy. But man, does Narsil look good. I, like, it is the most beautiful sword in the whole. Sh- they, they they did it right. They, the they lighting's did. just right. The furs backlighting it. <laughs> it and you know, like like work. you said, like we've talked about it plenty of times that in the book, Aragorn's got this from day one, and they leave Rivendell with with Andoril, correct? With a, re- a reforged Narsil that he and renames. So, yes, yeah. and so when that didn't happen, I was like, oh, okay, they're they're doing it different, and then. Um, I think that we see this in the trailer, you know, the sword, we knew it was coming. That's right, I was like, that's oh, right. okay, there it is. But the reveal is, it is worth the wait. It looks so good. Totally. Like, that first shot when it's like slowly panning up, like, it looks like the sword's 12 feet long. And he's the only one that can hold it. And it, yes. it, it is a beautiful, it's beautiful. <laughs> and <laughs> what's Hugo Weaving's insane face, like profiles, Narsil, forged in the flames of Anduril. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> I made my sons do this for you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love Hugo Weaving. He's a very handsome man, but he has never looked more intense than in this moment. Yeah, they actually modeled uh, Gollum after his face. It's very true. Um, so, you get to our Aragorn packing Brago to get ready to go. Um, he doesn't think, you know, Gimli and Legolas are going to come with him. And he friend zones Eowyn. He does. I will say this. What he says to her is beautiful. When he says, I wished you joy since I first saw you. Mm-hmm. I think that does mean he marked her as someone special. I do I do think that in the we talked about this a lot with Aragorn and Eowyn and and Arwen all our episodes I do think they would have ended up together if Arwen had taken the ship. Yeah, of course. I I yeah. I think so too. And I don't think it would have been a rebound and I don't think he would have been settling. I don't think he would have been too heartbroken and just took what was next. I think he you can feel attraction to other people, even if you're with the love of your life or the person you want to be with. It's just a natural yeah. thing. I think he genuinely, from the first moment he saw her, fell for her in, or esteemed her. 
And we see that represented really well in the movie. She's just not living in a fantasy, is my point. And she yeah. can't know what else is going on in his head. Also, because he's not talking about it. So, yes. you know, I'm sure there's a world... The, the way they kind of played it in the movie, too, is like, Aragorn left him. Or Arwen left him, you know. So yeah. he's not quite sure what's going on. But he's also not trying to give her false hope. But he's flirting a little bit, you know. Now he knows Arwen's still here. And the the second he knows that, he lets her know. And it is tough because, like, oh, I had a thought. What, what what was it? It was just like I can't give you what you want, and what and and also this is kind of like the first time Eowyn says it out loud. Like they they don't follow you because they think there's hope. They follow you because they love you. Oh no, she says that before, and it's awkward. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing is that like it's like her first time really displaying how she truly feels. Not, not by accident. Or, yeah, not by yeah. accident. And like she kind of le- takes her leave after that. And it's it's just like, you know, you're not really in, in this world. There's ways to show emotion and that like not crossing the line, but just like she overplayed her hand or, you know, like right. went too far. And it was like Aragorn doesn't say anything because he's like the stoic, good looking guy. And so it's just like, well, that sucks. Bye. <laughs> It's so it's so rough. This is such a it, rough it, thing. It, it is rough, but not like an embarrassing way because like if someone's leaving to die, like when else are you gonna tell them how you feel about them? I yeah. I as a growner woman, than when I first watched these, I feel less cringe for her and more like just heartbroken for her. She genuinely loves the the best man that there is out there, and he he was leading her on, but he wasn't shutting her down until now. And and yes. it's it's rough. It's just rough. And until this point, Aragorn thought Arwen was gone. That's exactly my point. Yeah, like he was entertaining. Well, maybe Arwen is an option. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and the second Arwen is here still, and he realizes there that there's hope. Uh, he, he doesn't string her on anymore. He just no, doesn't. And that's the honorable done. thing to do. Yes. Um, so we get Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas. They would let him go in by himself. It's fantastic. Um, we're going with your laddie. <laughs> we're going with your laddie. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and Aragorn had to know that they would have gone with him. Because, like, also, yes. if you're Aragorn, don't walk through their camp. <laughs> like, right. just go. <laughs> So they get up to the, you know, the door of the dead, essentially. And and this is where Legolas says, the way is shut. But then Aragorn walks right in after the horses peace out. I think, like, the way through is shut. Like, there's no exit to this mountain. Oh, I didn't quite. Okay, I did not understand. Okay. Yeah. Because um, okay. it does pass through the mountain, but the way is shut. Totally. And then I got confused with, like, all of Rohan is, like, rushing in the morning, but they still haven't made the decision to leave. So I always thought, I thought that's a little a little weird. No, they, like, uh, Aragorn says we, we leave at dawn, and so they left at dawn. Oh, so they see, so they're just literally, like, just putting out the fires in a hurried way. Yeah, just, way. like, breaking camp. I see. And this moment is, is exactly what happens in the book, not word for word, but... Theoden accepts Mary's allegiance, but then says, don't come into battle. He, like, they, it's the same, it's kind of the same thing as Eowyn, you know, when Aragorn kind of sees her sword uh, in the saddle. It's like, oh, we're going to ride with you to make camp, but then all the men go off to battle and the women stay behind. It's kind of that same thing with Mary. He's like, yeah, of course, like, you can come with us. And it makes it, like, I mean, like he says, uh, you know, none of my men can bear you as a burden. And the only reason Eowyn can is because she's lighter. Right, 
Right. And, and it, yeah, totally does work. Because he does have a pony, but the, the pony probably couldn't keep up with, pony how, can't keep up. with yeah. how fast they're um, riding. Now, do we need to do a break? We don't have much more to talk about. But what do you think? I'm I'm fine with keeping going. Yeah, let's keep it going. Folks, take a mental break. Press pause. We'll see you in a second. Welcome back. Uh, so it's okay to know. Oh, yeah. I, I wrote that it's okay to know that it's her in the movie, even though we don't know her. it's her in the book. Yeah, she's strong, by the way. I know Mary's like, what would they say? Three, eight, three, nine, you know? In, yeah, um, sure. But she rides by. Now... Try and ride a horse and scoop someone up by their gruff with one arm. <laughs> do you think even if momentum, it's a child? Do you think momentum's helping you in that way? I think so because she's like kind of she swings him up, but still, like, oh I no, don't know, man, some something's happening. She is she's not nothing. She's got that adrenaline going right now. <laughs> she's like, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't yeah. be doing this. <laughs> Objective on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, 100%. That's exactly right. Uh, I wanted to, we did talk a little bit about the, the dead area, but I did want to say it was cool that they Legolas can see them because Legolas also exists in both the realms. So it's cool that he could see the dead. Um, and I love once finally the, the dead army reveals themselves to them. Um, the line where Aragorn says, you will suffer me is incredible. Hot. It's hot. So we don't suffer the living. You will you suffer will me. Suffer me. It is so excellent. Um, and again, so many skulls. Like you know, they laugh. Okay, and this is what I and want. And Gimli's goading them, dude. Yep. He's like, they had no honor in life. No, he's, not- he's he's doing a little reverse psychology here. <laughs> he's so scared too. <laughs> he's terrified yeah. that's why i i do think like one of the comedy beats works either you have him blowing away the hands very funny or you have him scrunching the skulls i don't think you do both that's right that's right yeah because one one of them both are very I, funny the, the skulls are them, better the skulls are better because you like the skulls yeah you know why because the blowing is way too much and it and it doesn't work because he waits too long to like use his hand to wa- waft it away but the skull is funny because no matter what he's he's actually moving yes. forward at least, and no matter what he's doing, he's still yeah. stepping on them. It's great. And it's a classic like "don't look down" joke, and of course they're gonna look down. One hundred percent. But again, like so, they the the guy laughs, and the mountain starts to Ugh, crumble. Awful, frightening. How many people have died in this mountain? Like that is. So many skulls. Well, that's the entire army. I, I think is that, that the army? That's the army. I think that's what okay. it's meant to mil- illustrate. Which is also kind of like ice cold on Isildur's like shoulders. Like you guys get locked up in this <laughs> mountain because you guys didn't come. He didn't get. No, they didn't get locked up. They they got cursed. I and by, so by Isildur. Yeah. yeah, their ghosts got cursed. That like. But they that's why their skulls rest. are there. I think is the thing. But I think they like led regular lives, but when they died, they weren't allowed to pass on. I see. Then, I, yeah, I wonder how all the skulls got there. Then, um, I, I was going to say too the effect of once all the ghosts pull away during the laugh and the fog gets sucked out of the room is really good. So good, so effective. But yeah, they're literally. There should be a ride of this. There's literally. Oh my God, yes. There's a literal a million Move over skulls. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I want the Mountain of the Dead Lord of the Rings ride. 100%. But then they just exit. 
Okay, this is what my question is, is that Aragorn does the the most amazing melodramatic fall to your knees because there's the Corsairs of Unbar. Yes. Um, and then the, the ghost general comes out and says, we fight. Right. Now, do you like the cliffhanger? Because in the theatrical cut, they just leave. And then you don't see them until the ships pull up to the dock. What? So you in don't the see him. Cut, you don't see him until he says, he "What goes say you?" Through. And then there's. I don't even think you see the mountain crumble. I think it like they just kind of disappear. And it's been so long since I watched the theatrical cut. Someone can correct me. I think he just laughs and disappears. And he's like, "I will free you from your curse." And then that's it. And then you do not see the trio until they hop off the boat with the ghost army. Oh, for real. Like, you do not see them. You don't see them take over the Corsairs. So it's like you a, don't see Peter no, Jackson get there's no, shot. There's no, there's no Corsairs. There's no Peter Jackson. There's no, oh, oh, you and what army? This army. That's why, like, I think I said it uh, when we talked about Aragorn or something, where it's kind of like the same beat twice with, like, the this army and then hopping off the boat. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I need you to watch it because... I think that's the one thing that works better in the theatrical cut. I love the Peter Jackson cameo. I love the fire warning shot hitting the hitting his bow. It's so bad. bad. Gimli's so bad. <laughs> perfect best friend stuff because like Legolas just like, uh, I murdered somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's forty two. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do think. In the long run, it's better to have the one big moment of, like, they did recruit the Ghost Army. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Because, like, when they pull up, you're like, where'd they get the ships? But, okay. Because we don't see – we just see Gandalf talk about it. Uh, and I guess, I guess Elrond talks about it, you know, like the Corsairs, um, Corsair ships. Uh, and so when they pull up, you're like, oh, they took over that. But how? It just the three of them? And then, then the ghost, like, they're running at the orcs. And when he's like, oh, there's plenty for the rest of us. And then the ghost army just appears and all I the orcs, see. like, freak out. Right. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think we see the scene where they take over the Corsairs. And by the time you see the Corsair come to Pelennor Fields, uh, it completely casts a, a, a grim outlook. Onto the fighters until they see yes. the tr the white tree banner. And that's, it's a big turning of the tide. Correct. We, and I guess we'll we're fast forwarding and we'll we'll talk about this next week again. But just like this this scene for sure is like one of those like is the extended better than the theatrical? And I think in this point, I think I like the theatrical cut because just having that same beat twice. Yeah, I think you're doesn't right. Doesn't work for me. I think you're right. I think um, in general. If you can say less, it's better. And, yeah. And so you don't like. It's also really cheeky to have the general like slide through Aragorn's face just to to attack. Yeah. It's so I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it again with this scene freshly in my mind and and take into consideration what you're saying because I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. Yeah, I kind of want to watch the the scene of the dead. Like, I think the theatrical is on Max as well, so maybe I'll watch that and just be like, because like see I where wonder. Yeah, I'd be curious. Like, do we see them just get like swallowed up by skulls and not exit? Like, do we think? I don't think. I don't think the skulls happen in in the theatrical. Yeah, I'd be curious. Um, because 
no matter what, even the theatrical cut is long and it's been it'll it'll probably be a while if you're in theaters or watching it until you see Aragorn again to the point where you forgot what he was doing and who he had with him. So it is. Yeah. So I'm sure you're right. There's something to to that. Um yeah, do watch it and report back. I will. Uh let's see. Denethor then see, you know, they bring Faramir back. He, all the men were killed. Denethor killed all of his men. And yeah, now you see the army like coming up to the gate. Right. The, the, the trolls beating the war drums. Terrifying. Siege towers. Terrifying. Awful. And also, like, as, De- as Faramir is getting dragged, like, how does he survive? That's, not, that's just the worst. But like. What is it about the Harvey Weinstein orc that got him in, like, his name is Gothmog. Um, what is it about Gothmog that got him in this position of power? Because, like, he's not a good fighter. I, I don't see him strategize that well. I don't I, I Granted, you don't really need to strategize when you've got this kind of army against that kind of army. But I just, like, I'm wondering, because, you know, we see him get off his warg, and, like, he can barely walk. He stumbles. Um, so it's like... I think he survived something horrific, because you see one side, the right side of his face is, while not beautiful, um, not boily. And the yeah. other side and his left arm are unable... Like, his left side is acid, basically, and his uh, left hand and arm aren't able to be used. And there is something to be said for his like lack of fear, right? Like later on when they start catapulting pieces of ministerith at them, he's like, do not move, you know, whatever. So like he definitely yeah. has, but I'm with you. Like he was sort of strategic. Maybe he was the one who was like, Hey, let's just go on the river. Like, and it's possible. You know what I mean? So it seems like, but I am curious. He just looks so distinctively different too. He, and, and I think that's like what the thing is, is that you'll recognize him out of everybody. Cause like he's, he's white. He like, he's pale white. He's got a swollen face, a disfigured arm and all this stuff. Uh, so like you can point to the big, he's the leader. He's bad. So it makes sense visually, but just like with a society, like the orcs where like strength is end all be all. Um, it was very surprising to see him like in such a big position. Yeah, it's got to be. I think it's because whatever caused him to be disfigured, he survived something wild, like some yeah. sort of crazy fire or or battle that kind of made him survive out of his group of orcs or something like that. So probably he rose to the ranks, rose through the ranks by like default, default as well. Yeah. Um, you see that. The skull on top of the orc helmet that's right behind him. It's horrifying only to then be followed up by them catapulting the heads of all of Release the, men. the Prisoners is one of the most metal moments in movie history. Yep. Because like 100%. Let us ease their pain. Release the prisoners. I didn't know what they were going to do. I did not know it was going to be that. How is it not an R-rated? Is it an R-rated movie? No. Maybe the theatrical be. cut is. But yes. The fact that this got by the the MPAA when they are notoriously like I think I think it was the Dark Knight that if a single drop of red blood was shown in the Dark Knight it would have been rated R. Um, and the fact that this was not we used to be a country, Jessica. This was PG thirteen. We used to be America, and now <laughs> these these sensies over here, these sensitives, got us all up in arms. Dang it. <laughs> Not my Middle Earth. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're so right. We're such we're such snowflakes. Snowflakes. Release the prisoners. But I'm sorry. Like this is the most horrific thing. Yeah. Like imagine Talk seeing about your brother friend demoralizing, completely demoralizing. Like what a pr- all the bad things that have happened, and I think that's why. Maybe that's why I don't like the we will fight because it's just bad stuff after bad stuff. Maybe in the theatrical cut, they you do see them make it out of the cave and you see the ships and you just see Aragorn fall to his knees and that's it. Because that's you right. don't that know the king right. is going to fight. Maybe that's where it ends. I, I'm going to say that. But you don't see all the skulls. It just like cuts to them running out of the cave when it starts shaking. Um, I think I'm right on that. Uh, so it's like, you know, Sam has abandoned Frodo. Gollum has in full control. Um, you know, Asgillith is overrun, uh, bad thing. And then, you know, the charge of, uh, Pelennor Fields is obviously a disaster. And you see Faramir, you know, nearly shot to death. And then you see the army approaching and the Nazgul have already attacked. And all these things are just like bad. It is the, the perfect ramping up. Like the music is so good right here because right after they launch the heads, they start catapulting boulders and the Nazgul attack. And that's when Denethor sees Faramir. He's like, my line has ended. And then you see the army stretching over the entirety of Pelennor. And it is one of the craziest shots. No wonder Denethor loses his mind. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's stricken with grief. And then he sees what he's up against. Mm -hmm. Also, how convenient is it that the two main cities of a country are just like... 45 feet away from each other. What? Like, Osgiliath and... Osgiliath is, like, the the actual, like, big city of Gondor. It's oh. just been overrun. And then Minas Tirith is the capital. It's, like... I felt be- like that was strategic. Osgiliath was basically, like, Helm's Deep, kind of. No. Osgiliath isn't, like, a fortress. It's not a fortress city? I don't think so. I, Minas Tirith is more of a fortress city than Osgiliath because of, like, the layers. You have to oh. conquer layer by layer. I think all of it's built within mind of strategy. I mean, I'm sure all, you know, those cities are. But I'm just saying, like, it'd be like New York and L.A. just, like, across the street from each other. <laughs> sure, that's fair. I didn't think about it that way, actually. Oh, man, I got to go to Osgiliath. I guess I got a 45-minute oh. jog ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> That could kill somebody in those right? ages. You never know. Break your ankle cold. and those put you down like the, the halflings do in, a, in a Rings of Power. Yikes. Oh, oh no. Broken ankle. Sorry. I guess we'll just have to leave you to die. <laughs> but we're a real caring society. We've got we each love our backs. people. Yeah. We we're the good them. guys. Don't you know that? We're just going to kill this big stranger over here. They probably should have saved a lot of people grief if it's Sauron. But, but yeah, just it's such a great job of just ramping up the absolute despair that is I happening. I think you're right because you the the glimmer of hope with the armies of the dead saying yes, we're this is what Two Towers did so well: loss after loss after loss mm. after loss, and all hope is lost. Essentially, that moment kind of does break this apart in like in a rough way to some extent. Um, yeah, it's like we know the army of the dead's coming, so it's kind of like game over already they just kind of have to get there i even i i i completely agree i think that does worsen the intensity of this i i don't even need to see it we don't need to know that aragorn has succeeded yeah in order for this for so that it's more impactful when he does actually arrive Uh, i do love the moment though when gandalf finally takes over and like just 
bonks Denethor. <laughs> yes, like the absolute look of disgust when he like goes, and he goes, ugh, and then and hits no him one, again. And no one stops him. No. No one nope. stops him. Then finally, you know, he, he like re-emboldens Minas Tirith. They start throwing back broken... From powerful battle. So. <laughs> powerful battle. Return to your posts. Yes. Um, they, they start they start catapulting pieces of their broken town back at the orcs, which I don't know how they have the strength to even load. I don't know. I, 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 we don't need to think about it that hard. You know, we see how the orcs are able to I mean, load stones. Catapults were a real thing, so there had to be some kind of mechanism for it. Like, of but like, we're talking about like literal stone awnings of like it had to have fallen onto the catapult. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Crazier things have happened in Middle Earth, Jessica. Okay, for sure. Fair. Um, so another thing happens where. Pippin, I don't know what happened to Pippin, but but Pippin gets dazed the heck out and then like walks over to Gandalf. Why does he do that? What's wrong with him? He I think he like doesn't like you know the the things are going on, like the the Nazgul start attacking, and that's like a cool shot of them coming down from the clouds. Sure. Uh and just like, you know, again, wiping every soldier on the wall out, and just like there's that one shot of him like scooping up five and just dropping it. From like the heights, like oh, imagine awful. you're like on the seventh level of Minas Tirith, like just like launching, you're like, oh, this is great. I'm not getting hit by arrows. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, I got picked up. Oh no, I'm falling a hundred thousand feet to my death. You see them? You, they, they you see them hit? It yeah. lingers on the shot. Metal, metal <laughs> AF. <laughs> totally. So Pippin's seeing all this. He's yes. dazed. And I and think like something like uh. He sees like some people get crushed right in front of him. Like he sees like a catapult hit and like a like a kind of a oh. stone on it like fall on people, and then he takes off his helmet because the Nazgul are screaming, and so he's that's like, what it is. Yeah, I mean he's shell shocked. Like this is what kind of Aomer was talking about. Like when you know when the you see the blood and the war starts, he will run. And and let's not be let's be fair. This is in the book too. The 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 screech of the Nazgul sends anyone into a panic mm-hmm. to the point where you're right. I actually totally forgot. Everyone's like super dazed after the Nazgul are yeah. yelling. It's um, like only when Gandalf comes around, dude, like they regain their senses. That's why he's like just running around like at full speed, basically. That's a good point. Um, this, this is this next scene between Gandalf and Pippin really makes me rethink the entire genre of this movie because Gandalf's like, Pippin, what are you doing here? And then Gandalf saves Pippin from like a couple onslaughts he's about to hit. And then Pippin saves Gandalf and they look at each other. Is this just a long rom-com between Gandalf and Pippin? No, it's an appreciation <laughs> because Gandalf has been doing nothing but standing on Pippin's neck this whole trilogy. <laughs> it's a rom-com. They just Boom felt... Like, you're worthless, throw yourself in next time. He literally dies because of this hobbit, Jessica. <laughs> Pippin kills him. <laughs> and he co- like, luckily he comes back to life and he's like, you're that guy that killed me, aren't you? Okay. You're still up to this? You just looked in the, the Palantir? What? Like, this is the well all over again. You're going to get me killed for the second time. Oh, my time. God. Oh, my God. It's not a so, rom-com. Are you sure? It's this not a rom-com. feels really rom-com-y. It's not a rom-com. He's just like, not like, it's it's like when that old Coke commercial where he's like, hey, Mean Joe Green, you want a Pepsi or a Coke or something? He's like, yeah, here's my Jersey kid. That's what Gandalf is doing. He's like, here's my Jersey kid. You killed a single orc. 
Yes. Good job. And it did, and that work was about to get him. It's true. He was. He was. It was going to happen. And good. Good for Pippin. There's like a really weird shot. I don't know why they kept it in. Where like Gandalf's sword like bluntly hits an orc's neck, but like doesn't go into it. Like watch that scene again when like the siege tower comes and like you know the orc is charging and Gandalf does like his his whirly twirlies with his staff with his hair. Like he looks like he's Love a Japanese it. master. Love it. <laughs> it looks um, like it's straight out of Kill Bill. <laughs> absolutely. Um. Watch that scene again where, like, his sword, like, just randomly hits an orc's neck. I'm like, wonder why they kept that in. Because, like, it looks like he just, like, hits him with a sword, but, like, the blade doesn't go into his neck. There's a few moments like that in battle where it's just, like, boom, boom. And, like, yeah. even when the the orcs land in Osgiliath, you just see one with, like, a hammer just, like, knock someone in the head. It's kind of silly. But I'll double check that scene because it, it probably does Oh, yeah, look we didn't talk about that. I have that in my notes where it's, like, when the men are running in Osgiliath and they're getting, like, the... Some of them are like getting like tackled off, and yeah. they just keep running because they have no choice. Ter- like, a, like the despair that are, is building up to this scene is so good. Like they yeah. are just getting their butts kicked this whole movie. And we were talking about this too in the first part. There was so much hope going into this, and yes. we're being reminded what they're fighting for—the people that they're fighting for, what they are fighting. You know, but now this is just boom, boom, boom. Uh, so. Basically, Gandalf doesn't die. Pippin saves him. They kiss. And they go to the tunnel of Kirith Ungol. And it is a nightmare, dude. Yeah. Before this, we do have the reveal of Grand, though. The big... Uh, oh, is Grand right before this? Okay. Yeah. that And that's where disc one ends. But just, like, they bring up, like, a regular batting ram. And it's, you know, not doing anything. And that's, like, you could see how many orcs they have. Because there's, like, a mountain of dead orcs around this first wow. battering ram and they're just like keep going keep trying like that's how many they have it's just like they can just expend fodder over and wow. over and over again because like they're just getting they're like in the, the little kill box right there right at the gate um and they're just getting and there's like oh the bring up the wolf's head and you see this i did not i remember hearing you know reading what grand was i did not have this in mind but oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. It makes so much sense engineering wise too. Yes. Like they really thought about like the medieval aspect of it. And what I kind of find silly and funny too is that orc that comes up to Harvey is like, nothing's gonna break the door. Like yeah. you weren't marching with Grant. Yeah. Like you didn't know that that was an option this whole time. <laughs> time i just kind of thought it was silly that he's like nothing could do this sir and then they bring there's, there's a few like orc serve-ups and we'll talk about one in a, in a little bit like for the audience and i love that all there's one orc when they're chanting grand and he's going grand grand <laughs> i was like okay like all every single orc actor is getting their 15 seconds of fame in this movie and i'm so happy for all of them because they can watch this every christmas and be like that's me that's me right there, totally. Channing Grand, with my full face of makeup that you, makes me unrecognizable. But I said Grand, the absolute best, so I made the final cut. Yeah, yeah, you like, totally. And that right. is not sarcasm. I am genuinely so happy because they probably get residuals because they got a speaking line, and they are on camera, and they had to go probably at least a week or maybe a month because I'm sure he reused actors as orcs over sure. and over again. Sure. And so they were in the chair from like 4 a.m. to noon every day and was mostly backup work, you know, a background extra, and they got their one line. So shout out to them, and they gave 110% for that one line. Oh, one of Alex's and mine's 
favorite character was a guy who got two lines in Rings of Power, and it was an orc who just acted his heart out. Because you really, you have all this makeup on. You yeah. have to really break through that. But it 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 works. You believe every single one you see. You just do. And that's where this million dollar per person thing happens. And it makes it makes a beautiful movie. It does. Um, Gron shows up. I, there's an X-rated version of, of this somewhere. I'm just... <laughs> of, of Jessica. I can't say exactly what Gron makes me think of. We all get it. We all get it. Don't, don't downrate this show, please. Um but then, like I said, Kirith Ungle, Ungle is a nightmare. They're walking through. There's like little wisps and uh, of of spiderweb, and like um, Spiegel abandons Frodo, and, and he goes, "You is like and he feels the wall, and there's web. And he's like, what is he? He's like, you will see. Like, imagine hearing like this is another one of those moments where like as a non book reader, I wonder what this moment would have been like. Like if you hadn't. Like totally. when Shelob shows up, totally. Um, you know, like Frodo sees the light of Aaron Deal, like he's Golem's abandoned him, he sees webs all around him, he falls into a thing of webs, and he sees the light of Aaron Deal, and he lights it, and then you see like the little rustling behind him. <laughs> Terrifying. Oh my god, this thing is so grotesque and awful. It's and Harvey I don't Weinstein. Think I, ha- I hate spiders. I don't think I have like a arachnophobia, but I hate spiders. And so, like, seeing this brought, like, the little noises she makes and just, like, how silent but, like, how loud she is. Just, like, oh, and just the fact that, you know, he stumbles that one time and she, like, pounces on him and then he barely gets it. It's like, oh, my. It's the worst thing ever. I mean, there's so many things sensorily happening, too, because, like, even before Frodo walks into the tunnel, he's like, what the fuck? Is that smell? You know, yeah. you know this is a rancid place. She's rancid. She looks rancid, and to lug that the entirety of that body, but still moves so swiftly and quietly, it's frightening. This is awful. Yeah, and uh, and I think we get a little bit of uh of I think we see her, or or Sam finds the lembus before we see her, um. I think anyway, uh, Sam finds the Lumbus before we see her. And he, you know, he's crying like a little baby down Big the babies. steps and finds the Lumbus and Sam, you fool, happens. And I think that's where we're stopping. Is that right? No, we are keeping going until Frodo gets captured. Oh. Because that's, that's when he says, Samwise, you fool. Oh, is that what he said that? Yeah, because he says, oh, this, this guy is not dead. He's like Samwise. That not part. Dead. Oh my god, we do. We should have taken a break. Um, okay, it's like move, ten more minutes. No, it's all good. So he does have the light of Ariandil. Um, I did write down that uh, Shelob was Harvey Weinstein. He does. It kind. Of, I mean, there's also like half of her eye is po- poked out. She doesn't look good. <laughs> so many Weinstein references in this movie. I'm then. just saying. It does. She does. She does not look good. Um, and like we said before. Frodo's not doing well, and then he gets caught in this rope thread and has oh, to God, cut the his web, way like, out. Suspended, so like he's not even like on the ground. He's just like suspended, and then Gollum's like, "Oh, haha, gotcha!" And then you see like the shadow of Shelob behind him, and he just like cuts through with Sting and makes it out, and then Gollum attacks him. It, it it's awful. This is awful. Yeah, Gollum just absolutely no past, completely past redemption, and still is able to 
convince Frodo that he's not in control, that the Precious made him make this choice. It's it's frustrating, dude. He's like, no, we didn't induce it. The Precious made us do it. And then Gollum lunges at Frodo again. Yep. With a little bit of foreshadowing, perhaps, and falls off a cliff. And falls off a cliff. Bye-bye. I do love this moment a little bit after this when Frodo has kind of He's freed himself of the tunnel. He's outside, right? But, like, Shelob is not quelled at all. And he falls to the ground and then falls and there's green around him. We're like, whoa, what happened? And we get Galadriel. I do love this Yay, Galadriel. I know. I love this moment. And I don't know where she's been this whole time. (laughs) But she did help him up. And I thought that was beautiful. That was. And then we're back in Gondor and everything is going wrong. The city's on fire. And Grand is about to break the gate. I have is Mary hitting on her. Oh, uh, when oh yeah, we we cut to the writers of Rohan, and this is like another scene that like, cause she's sitting there with her helmet off and uh, just chilling, oh, and I'm right. just like, I like this conversation where like it's two people that don't know if they belong in this situation, right, right, where like two kind of like outcasts of you know, war and battle that have been told repeatedly you don't belong here. So it's a great conversation for sure. And I like the scene, but it's also like, you've got your helmet off and your hair is down. Like, <laughs> how is no one seeing you? No one says, hey, we talked about this in the in the Aomer Awen episode. No one stops to say, Awen, what are you doing here? Not a no single one. person? They don't show that they're like off to the side or anything. Hiding at all? Nope. <laughs> like... Theoden wouldn't be pissed if he saw Mary because he saw the resolve in Mary's mind and said, this is the last I'll say of it. And like, basically do what you're going to do. But yeah, Eowyn is not hiding that she's there whatsoever. But it is a beautiful scene of that. It is a really great scene. I do love the scene quite a bit. Like, that's what we're fighting for. Even though we're fighting for the resilience of men and the heart of Eowyn, the hobbits are how we should live. And, yes. And Mary doesn't think he'll survive, but he wants to be there and fight for his friends. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Great acting by both of them. Because you, it's a good scene for her because she's scared. Like, they're both she, uh, scared right now. Totally. Of, of like, what is what they're writing. They, they want to fight. They want to be there for their friends. And it's okay to be scared. And they are. Yeah, totally. But they're together. Yeah, it's a beautiful pairing as well. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Denethor losing his damn mind. And taking him and Faramir to the tombs, which I think they were, I think Gandalf referenced how the kings, the, the, the line of kings failed in Gondor because they started making these great tombs for the dead and for getting the living. And so yeah. it's interesting that Denethor's like, nope, we're going to just burn. We're going to burn ourselves because yep. like we're like done. Like the heathen kings of old. Yeah. And I, while he's, while his mind is gone in a weird way, it is a kind of a, a good homage to what Gandalf says about like the lavishness of how kings have gotten in the way of them actually ruling. Um, he's like, no, we'll just burn ourselves. We don't have time to build a throne for us and, you know, and, and embalm ourselves. It's awful though. And they, and they pass a bloom on the white tree of Numenor. They do. Which is a beautiful, that's also like just a small silent nod. Like, but Denethor, come on, wake up. I know. There's nothing redemptive about Denethor. Not a single thing. No, not a single, not in this movie, no. No, no, we don't get it. Uh, So Grand is Granding. Granding. And Gandalf tells. Ground down me. (laughs) (laughs) No. 
I told you it's a little. It, it elicits a little bit with of a little bump and grind. No. <laughs> <laughs> it does make you think weird things. I'm just it saying. Does. It's got it a does. nose. It's sniffing. Anyway, um. it's, it's, it's sniffing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Gandalf says, "No matter what comes to the gate, stand your ground." And then the second they break through the gate and see those big trolls come through Gandalf gets scared <laughs> Gandalf's like oh <laughs> totally yeah that those like we saw the cave troll you know in in fellowship now these are like battle trolls like fully spiky armored out with big old hammers and just like literally crushing one dude at a time like bugs and Gandalf's like whoops uh. yes and I think this is where they kind of did us dirty in Hobbit too if you remember like the entire fight where there are gigantic trolls, like twice the size of these guys, if not more. Gandalf's already seen that by all lore and intents and purposes, so he shouldn't be as frightened or taken unsuspected here. Yeah. But, like, what the problem is with The Hobbit is, like, you feel the need to do it bigger and better than you did. Two movies. Battle of the Five Armies is, like, just the biggest mess of a movie that goes on. Like, they would have never survived. Like, like. No one would have survived. Like the orcs deserve to win the battle of the five armies. Like yeah. they came more prepared, more strategies. Like so overmanned, it's insane. Totally, you're totally right. Uh, the whole movie shouldn't exist. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just funny. Like Gandalf wouldn't have gotten scared if he even for a moment went back to think about what happened yeah. on on, uh, on the Hobbit field. Um, then we cut back to Frodo. Uh, walking a distance away from Shelob, or so he thinks, and sees finally the tower with the eye. No, I think it's Kirithungal. I think it's the Tower of Kirithungal. I don't know. There's Isn't there like a red thing? I think they put that in the trailer. I think it's the Tower of Kirithungal that guards the stairs. I could be wrong. Okay, I, I, I also didn't look that close. I thought it had the eye on top of it. Um, but he does crest to see finally whatever he's looking at, right? Yes. And Shelob sneaks up at him. All the music cuts out. Terrifying. So silent. This like there's horrible... one little stone pebble that like he looks around and that's when she like creeps up behind him to to sting him. But like, oh my God, when she like squeezes herself out of that little hole and just, it's this is this is the horror done very yes. well. There's some campiness with green ghosts. Even though there's some horror in the, you know, the army of the dead yeah. stuff. This is where it really works. Um, and then to have Frodo like turn just in time for her to stab him in the front is it's awful. Why doesn't the mithril protect protect him right here? Does um, it go through be- the mithril? It how it, it has to have. And I yeah. think it doesn't because she is literally the the um She's so strong. I think that's one thing. And um, she's the spawn of uh, Ungolant. Ungoliant. I think that... Ungolant. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think she's... I, I, I think I imagine that's it. Or maybe he, he got her and he got... She got her and got him in the groin. I don't know. Like he could have got... It's like, possible. It just like, always... Like it always bugged me. But oh, I'm yeah. not like nitpicking it. I think... I think her... Sting is incredibly powerful and could definitely break that. Um, although she uh, is very scared of the light of Elendil, so anything like sort of elvish or of that ilk probably does detract her. But I just think she's just super star, uh, super strong. 
So totally fair. I would be open to um, our audience sharing what they think about that moment, too, because it's not Definitely. 100% straightforward. But yeah, the music kicks back in, and it's all horrifying. You hear the... It's, it's like, she rolls like, them up. It's rolls awful. Rolls them up. <laughs> this is the most badass mo- moment of the trilogy, because Sam coming you back. are 3-5, three, 3-6, three, mm-hmm. and you are fighting a 12-foot-tall spider. So um, Sam had to crawl through Kirithungal to yes. find Sting that was left in the web and find the light of Ariandel. And then takes on a two-story yes. spider. Like where it's like, where do you even begin to fight this thing? That's the thing. Is that like if I saw a 12-foot-tall man, I'm gonna lose this fight, but I know how to fight a man. Right. But like a, a this spider that's like 12 eight-legged. And, like, huge with, like, giant pin- pinchers. Like, just, this fight is so crazy. And they do it so well, like, somewhat realistically of, like, oh, he's not really winning the fight, but he's, like, just surviving. He's like rolling out of the way. Off. Yeah, the yeah. rolling is so good. Rolling it's- is so good. She's trying to sting him because, like, you know, uh, like, that will incapacitate him. But, like, when he, like, he's pinned up against the wall and he's got his foot, like, on her fangs, basically. And she's, like, kind of barking. I was, like, ah, yeah. Oh, so it's the worst. The worst. She even gore, like, she mauls his sword and kind of, like, pulls it into her pincers, too. There's a lot yeah. of things. I genuinely believe, even though, again, it's CGI, I genuinely believe this is how someone would go about fighting this thing. And not well, scrappy, and adrenaline is the only thing fighting yeah. for you. And manages to, like, stab her, like, just one time in the belly. And he doesn't end her. her, but he quells her. Yes. It's and this what I thought was interesting too and I kind of like this. I don't remember if it's Sting that ends up he ends up using to stab her, but Sting got its name from how her spawn in Mirkwood uh talked about that that sword when it was hitting them. It stings. It stings. Yeah. So, it's interesting that it's it's stinging her after she stung Frodo. I just kind of like that. Call. You know, you don't know that unless you read the book, but I just kind of like it. I do too. <laughs> Did you read the book? Do you um, read, bro? <laughs> Frodo, to be fair, looks dead. He's dead as a doornail. He, like... <laughs> he really is. But I do think, you know, how uh, Sam pulls off some of the web around his face. I think I want to do this as a Halloween costume. Oh, that'd be such a good costume. Everyone that'd will think so- I'm a mummy, but I'm definitely not. Yes, that I love that so much. It's a funny but idea. Sting starts to glow. Uh, you have three uh, orcs come down. And it's like, uh, you know, you said like, nothing can break the gate. Gron will break it. He's like, oh, is he dead? No, he ain't dead. She likes to sting her prey. So he goes limp as a bonefish, and that's how she likes to eat it. It's like, who are you talking? (laughs) Shouldn't you know this? You live here. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But again, another actor that's like, I've got five lines. Limp as a bonefish. This scum will be awake in two hours. Yeah, then he'll wish he'll never been born. It's like, oh, my God. The way Put he on scrambles. a stage play. I want to see this. Yeah, they're like all lumbering and like. <laughs> yeah, no, they absolutely make a meal out of this. And it's yeah, all it's exposition. So it's all it is. Because I think in the book, he leaves his body to die, takes the ring. 
um, but then follows the body. I do think they have a similar conversation over the body. I'm sure I, they do. It has to be. It's but it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And anyway, Sam is watching over them. I don't know why Sam didn't like just drag his body away. But it it ends up all working out in it comes out in the wash and he says, He's not dead, dummy. You don't you fool, Sam. Samwise, you fool. <laughs> He is the dumb. Sam's a little I, dumb. I love how he like repeats it. Not dead. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> Peter, trust your audience a little bit. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's so good. But yeah, so that's where we're leaving. I thought, I for, when you texted me like, no, it's up till where he says this part. I was like, thank goodness I had already watched up to this. But yeah. I kept on going and I wasn't sure where it ended. Uh, that's a lot. We think we just did, we covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot and we've got a lot more. Like that's, the rest- that's exactly right. Yeah. The goal was to get this done before Christmas, and we're getting it done just after Christmas, and I feel good about it. I do too. And I any any takeaways from this middle part that you'd like to share with us? It, the we we discussed it on plenty, but just the buildup of the despair and impending doom of this uh, middle section is so good. Yeah. Like everything is going wrong, everything's falling to pieces. I think we have confirmed that they shouldn't have shown the ghost army agreeing I to think that's fight. Right. Uh, and if you disagree, I'd love to hear why. Because yeah, like on, on my re- on you know, the first time I watched, it, I'm like, oh, every scene is the best scene. Every extra scene I get, I love it. I'm so glad it's here. But like the more I watch it, and especially on this rewatch, I'm like, yeah, like a being overrun. Like, everyone's losing, everyone's running and dying, Faramir's charge, everything. It's like, that is such an outlier. And especially realizing it where, yeah, they don't show the ghost army fighting, but then it's a ghost army. Like, they, they showed that Legolas can't hit him with an arrow. Like Which just, is, like, kind of dumb. I can't believe I forgot that. It's really dumb of you to try, Legolas. I mean, I would too, but... Would you, know. you have? Yeah. I don't. It's, it's the same thing like any horror movie where you, like, fire, like, a pistol at the monster, like... What are you gonna do? You, not shoot your gun? You don't. You have to at least rule it out. Okay, yeah. I can. I can give you that. I can give you that. But it's like we've already confirmed that like normal soldiers don't kill them or affect them at all. So it's like, kind of like, well, they just have to get there in time, and then the battle's won. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's exactly right. It, this all still works, and seeing Frodo go through this still works. But I think you're right. Like, leave us. Let us feel the despair for a little bit longer. We don't need this part. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. You really changed my mind on that, and not that I had a hard, a, a hard opinion on it to begin with. Uh, and like Ben said, we want to hear from you if you have any thoughts, uh, something yes. we missed, an observation as you're doing this watch along with us as well. Uh, you can get in contact with us at uh, podcastoftherings at gmail.com. If you want to send us a well thought out letter, you could leave a review wherever you're listening to this show. You could join our Patreon now in in uh, preparation for all the new things that will be happening over the new year. It's patreon.com forward slash pod of the rings. You can follow us on Twitter at pod of the rings or on Poterpod on Instagram. Special Poterpod. shout out. Poterpod. Special shout out to Arsenal Roy 2K who is, uh, oh, has a, uh, one of the, the rings of men on our Patreon as well. And don't forget to follow Ben Goddard on TikTok. Do that. And make sure, most importantly, guys, give us five stars on on whatever you're listening on. It takes one second to swipe over. If you feel like giving us a full review, really appreciate it. But five stars takes five seconds max. Because you're and, there anyway. You're listening. Yeah. While you're listening, wait till a red light. Scroll down. 
Boom. Five stars. Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much. And until next time. Mayor Paz, meet again. Thank you.